Hello, I'm Julie Miller. Hi, I'm Mark Ishiman. And welcome to MCQ Views, Views and Voices. Hi, I'm Julie. Welcome to the podcast produced by the community organization Case MCQ, where we talk about life in the Mauricie and Centre du Québec region. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Secrétariat des Relations avec les Québécois d'expression anglaise through the ERCC program, which is Enhancing Regional Community Capacity. Back in March, Mark and I had a chance to chat with Mark's old friend, Lynn Vining, who was born and raised in Trois-Rivières. Even though she now lives in Montreal, Lynn still thinks of Trois-Rivières as home. For this week's edition of MCQ Views and Voices, here's our conversation, where we talk about bilingualism, the changes Lynn has noticed in Trois-Rivières over the last 30 years or so, and one of Lynn's passions, outdoor fitness. On Views and Voices, Julie and I, we were, we were shuffling ideas around, saying who would we want to meet? We want to meet people uh, that live in the area and people that are expats. And I was thinking of one of my school friends, one of my school buddies that uh, <laughs> left the region to go to Montreal. It's pretty interesting what she does. Julie, I want <laughs> you to meet my friend, Lynn Vining. Hi, <laughs> hi. Good morning. Wild. Hi. Hi, Julie. It's, it's nice to meet you both. <laughs> L- sorry. Lynn, you yes. lived in Trois-Rivières for years and years. You're not here anymore. Why? I'm not there anymore simply because I moved up to come to university in Montreal and fell in love with the city and decided to stay. When we're in that age, in the secondary years, <coughs> grade grade eleven, uh, our city is never cool enough. It's always elsewhere that's cool. Is that pretty much what what got into you? Meaning, um, Montreal <coughs> must be cooler, and I've got I've got things to discover, places to go. <laughs> that could very well be part part of it. But um, I also stayed in Trois-Rivières uh, in Rivers to go to college there, <coughs> so I did stay. Excuse me, I did stay after school, uh, after high school, um, and stuck around for another couple of years before moving up to Montreal. So I did enjoy it. Um, I loved where I lived. Um, My family is all still there, but I did feel that there was more to discover and a few more adventures that I needed maybe in Montreal. Lynn, I'm wondering, so you went to high school in English, and and then you said you went to college in Trois-Rivières, so you did that in French? I did. I went to Collège La Flèche. Uh, I did that in French, and it was the most difficult time of my life. Um, it was uh, it was very challenging, but B 
being bilingual since kindergarten, pretty much, and having had a really good French background um, already, uh, I mean, it was good um, for all the oral and spoken classes. Uh, Written was a bit difficult and was most challenging. You know, that's really interesting. I hear that it is quite a challenge for the kids from the English high school to go to French CGEP. The first year can be mm, challenging. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can be mm-hmm. tough because, like you say, the written French is, is, there's a lot of rules. It is difficult, yeah. I do think that it's a challenge for any kid to go from one language to the other, from one school to another language. Like, it's in, at any age, I think, um, it probably would have been easier if I had done it through elementary and after elementary school. But um, I did the college thing, and I was hoping to study political science, and that in French was going to be very difficult. So I decided then to come to Montreal to Concordia. Hey, Mark, what about you? I mean, you went to English high school as well. Yes, but I started out in the French school. I flipped after that to English uh, English school. Yes, it was difficult because you learn terms in one language and then you have to find out, oh, that's, oh, I already know that, but it's called something else. And I do agree it must be a bit more difficult going from English to French since in French there's, there's all these little rules as if um, furniture has a gender, like a chair in French is say une chaise it's a it's female why 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 give a gender mm-hmm. to a chair it's a chair yeah. it's all the verbs too and all the uh the endings of different verbs for the different pronouns and and it's it's uh it's a challenge absolutely for anyone i live 90 percent of my time in french and i still find it difficult writing in <laughs> french because of all the rules yes yeah. i agree but lynn you said that you were bilingual from a young age and you know like what does that mean for you, being bilingual? Is it, what does it do for you? How do you feel about it? Do you even think about it? Or uh, now, I don't even think about it, and I really appreciate um, having grown up in Poirier. I think um, I, I used to, you know, play in the schoolyard or play in the not necessarily the schoolyard, but in the um, outside of school in the playground uh, near my house um, before kindergarten, having all little French friends in my neighborhood. And then uh, growing up in English elementary and those friends, I had like two sets of friends because there was a school gang and then there was the house, the neighborhood kids that I played with. So I, I think I didn't realize how easy I had it and was able to jump back and forth to English and French and not even think about it. And um, now I work in French mostly as well because I work with a French company, French-based company. But... Uh, living in the West Island of Montreal, I jump back and forth all the time as well. And I, I even remember dreaming in French and in English. So it's, it's, wow. I think I don't appreciate it and I don't realize just how bilingual it is. And I, it's great to be able to uh, link into any TV channel or read any newspaper from anywhere in English or in French. Uh, and I don't, I don't realize and I, I, think it's, um, I think it's something that's really great. And we don't uh, take, it, take advantage of it. I do think that 35 years ago, it was a bit more rare to have people that were fluently bilingual. So I remember people, a lot of people saying, boy, you're lucky to have both languages. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I, I do realize it. And I kind of forced it down to my kids also that are adolescents now. But uh, yeah, they, you they say it was, uh, it now. 
and you say that it was a bit difficult maybe 35 years ago, which ages us, thank you very much. But um, <laughs> I think <laughs> my if I think back to my parents, um, and your parents too, Mark, your mom, I, I know were, they were bilingual as well and lived in the community and did uh, different community events. Uh, you know, they were very involved in their churches, which were English at the time, and then uh, their jobs and the, like, outside of the house community was all in French. So... Um, it was difficult. I think the way the views that people had of English people or French people, like in society, were different yes. than now, maybe. And kids have a different view of it, and uh, like they don't have the same stigmas around it. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've passed the nineteen seventies, eighties. Yes, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> thank goodness. Tense times for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you grew up in Trois-Rivières, headed off to Montreal, and I think, you know, yours is not a unique story in the sense that people did have to leave for the higher schooling at the time. Uh, Université de Québec at Trois-Rivières was just setting up and didn't have all the programs, and it didn't have the English language uh, studies either for higher education. So you, you went to study, what did you go to study in Montreal? Oh my gosh, I went to study political science. And... I did a year of political science and uh, decided that was really not going to be for me and it was really not what I thought it was going to be. And that was not the way I was going to change the world. So then you, well, now I think you, you own a business. Right now I do. I, I'm, um, I'm in fitness. Uh, I did buy into a company, a um, Montreal-based company uh, that we... You, you can say it. You can say it. Thank you. With, um, with I do. Which I, I work for. I, I'm with Cardio Plein Air. So Cardio Plein Air is an outdoor fitness company, and we offer a variety of programs to every level, every fitness level person uh, in Quebec. Actually, we're in over 150 parks across Quebec. Um, outdoor fitness. We are outside, rain or shine, four seasons during the year. Wow. Do you think it's easier being part? Of, of a franchise or if you would have started the business by your own? Uh, I think that uh, I'm, well, I'm a team player, so I'm able to work with all my colleagues and our head office and they supply us with everything we possibly need to have, um, to get our, our the company going and, the, and it, have it function properly. And uh, all of our publicity is done province wide and, so on. So it is, it is, yeah. um, I, no, yeah. I, I agree. I think it must be good having, it has a certain cloud to know it's like, it's yeah. professional, it's serious. And at the same yeah. time, you're not working with all the other trainers on a regular basis. If you would have started by yourself, you'd be always by yourself. By myself. Thinking exactly. By yourself. Exactly. And yeah. I guess sometimes when you're on boss, you need to have someone to, to give you the extra jolt, extra kick in the butt to say, go get up and go get him. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Are there, so, car- sorry, go ahead, Mark. Is there a certain age group that you, you prefer when you're, you're doing trainings? Because, I mean, do, do you train for children? 
mothers, uh, elderly? Who's we have clientele? programs. Uh, we have programs for every every level. So we have moms and stroller classes. We have um, boot camp classes for like the people that really just bounce all over. Um, <laughs> and uh, we have jogging programs. We also have programs for seniors. And um, this past year through COVID has uh, made me love them more and appreciate them more. Um, they they really like any attention that we can give them and any help they can get and any activity that's offered to them, which is really, really special. I noticed that you have an activity called a cardio poussette. I know I'm getting off track. Yes. That's not for the seniors, <laughs> but I thought cardio poussette, that must be really beautiful to watch, if not participate in. It, is, that... it is fun because uh, the, the stress of the stress of a pregnancy and a delivery and a new baby uh, is often very foreign to a lot of new moms. And um, we offer the workouts adapted specifically for uh, new moms and their bodies that need to take the time to get back to a regular shape. So it's very specific. And um, they often just need to get out and talk to other moms and share the same experiences that they're living through, whether it's good or bad. Um, so that is also very nice to help to help them get back on track and find their find their pre-baby bodies and health and energy. Uh, you say that all the act, you know all your activities for four seasons happen outdoors. That's really yes. cool. Uh, I'm wondering what's the difference of working out outdoors versus indoors. I think I can sort of imagine, but what's it? What's there's, the difference? There's many many health benefits. Uh, primarily, the oxygenation is is at a higher level than than in a recycled gym. Um, the the light is also very good for the for our eyes and our vision and mm. our immune systems. So yes, there are a lot of uh, health benefits. It's um, it's been proven to be an antidepressant, uh, an anti-stress, uh, an anti-anxiety um, activity. Uh, just outside, uh, whether we're in a in a small neighborhood park with grass or snow and a few trees. Um, just those benefits are enough, but a lot of our classes are in nature parks and we take advantage of um, the woods and out in the forest with nature, with bird sounds, with, uh, you know, a running creek beside us or something like that. So we, wow. we do go in to find really beautiful, amazing spots that people are just going to love. I want to go and take a walk now. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll put it on pause and we'll reconvene. In a uh, that, you know, Lynn, that makes me think of, you must be aware of that the, there's a Japanese doctor or scientist who coined a word about the health benefits of being in the woods. It, it, it's a concept. Yes. Yeah, It's like called, the translation is forest bathing, which I love. Yes, yes, absolutely. I've just been reading about that not too long ago. And uh, that's definitely something that we we promote uh, the the those health benefits of being surrounded by the woods and trees. And he named it. It's right. It's great. It's uh, it's exactly that. Yeah, I think it's Shinrin Yoku. Is that it? Anyway, um, I'll take your word for that. Forest bathing. Forest bathing. Forest bathing.
so you say that there are cardio plein air all across the province. Are there some in Trois-Rivières? Yes, I do have a colleague, and she does workouts in uh, at Lille Saint-Quentin. Oh, that's a beautiful spot. Yes, right on the right on the island there. Um, and there's a few other parks, uh, Parc La Violette, out near the near, near the bridge as well. And I think we've just opened near Shawinigan, actually. Um, but if you go on our website, you'll find uh, you'll find all of the parks that are near you guys in uh, in Trois Yeah. Because that's part of the of, of the general thinking to always do the trainings outside. Yes. Wherever yes. which which cardio plein air, ah, ben, the name in the name plein air, of exactly. course. Exactly, exactly. That's talking, the whole. Uh... You were talking that you got to work a bit more with with uh, elderlies this year, and you got to yeah. like them. And yeah. I, I, I have to admit that me too, and hmm. I also got to like them very, very much. I feel I've got tons of grandmas and granddads and uncles and aunts now. <laughs> and I read something yesterday that I felt uh, was right on the nose. It said, an old apple tree doesn't give old apples. Meaning oh, that you, that's you talk to them. <laughs> yes, you talk to them and you, they always give you something fresh. I mean, I feel that's the way I, I, I translated it. That's nice. That's lovely. That's very nice. That's nice. <laughs> Lynn, is life the way you built it now? Do you think of one day coming back to the Maurice area or the life has built itself with your kids? You pretty much think you're, you're in Montreal and that's where you are? Well, we do have a cemetery plot, actually, for our family. <laughs> um, but... Uh, no, I, I do regularly go home. My dad is still there. My my siblings are there. So I do regularly, I, I call it home, actually. And um, oh. I, I do go down very often. Um, we have a family car- cottage also up north, uh, north of uh, in the Mauricie. So I'm there as much as I possibly can. And um, to go back and live always, I'm not sure. Um, I hadn't really thought that far. My, my plan is I don't, my life plan is not really completed and it changes regularly, but um, <laughs> I, I'm happy to go back when I do. I love the familiar, familiarity of, of what I can, you know, what I see and where I go and where my dad lives and, um, you know, just driving around the, the old hoods and where I grew up. Um, so I do enjoy going back often, yes. Uh, I'm curious to know, though, since you have a view of both someone who, grew up there but now someone who's like been away from away uh how yes. has Trois-Rivières changed have you noticed the changes from when you left as you know a young adult to now yes immensely immense changes and I think that if it was what it is now back then I may not have left um I think that um the whole uh, city life and uh, cultural side, the whole downtown area that was revamped, that's just absolutely beautiful. The um, the newer programs that they're offering uh, at the university, you know, maybe the options I would have stayed if, if those options were all there. Um, just the, the whole um, 
like the way they've fixed up several neighborhoods and different parts of the town are 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 just beautiful. Um, there has been immense changes, and it's it doesn't have the small town feel as it used to. I found I, I find now. Um, was, you yeah, know, does, I, it's hard to go back and say would I have stayed or would I have come not gone. But I, I do I do see immense changes uh, in the town now. And actually, a lot of my trainers that I hire from uh, in kinesiology have left Montreal to go study in Trois-Rivières and come back. So the reverse has happened, and I do I do find that very incredible. Isn't that interesting? So they've gone to study yes. at the Université or at Collège La Flèche? Or both? No, at the Université Marielle, at the Université Trois-Rivières, sorry, um, at the university, they offer a kinesiology program, which um, a lot of my trainers have come through there. Oh, that's interesting. They've really worked hard to distinguish themselves yes. and make you yes. know unique programs. Like they have the only midwifery program in Quebec. Yes, I did hear that not long ago. I think that's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, and they attract more and more international students. I mean, with the pandemic, no. Yes. Like everywhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm wondering how the pandemic has affected your not only your business. Well, I, two, a two point question. How has it affected you and the business? But also, how have you what have you observed in the, you know, your clients and the people you work with of the pandemic affecting them? Uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Last um, last year was very difficult for everybody. And um I think that if we hadn't have had our head office support, it would have been completely different. Uh, we we quickly turned our outdoor workouts to Zoom workouts, and we're able to uh, connect with our clients, um, those that wanted to join us on Zoom, and offer a variety of different programs. And last fall, we ended up putting 140 classes online for all of Quebec together. So we ended up with you know, 100 people, 200 people working out with us online, which was really an amazing feeling that a lot of our clients still wanted that uh, personal connection with a trainer that they knew doing a doing a program that they knew, which was which was great. So we brought the outdoors in um, and until it got very cold, we were all working out on our patios outside in our backyard. So we did still have that feel of being outdoors. a lot of our clients, um, well, with all the people working at home and, you know, doing their jobs at home and so on with kids at school at home, everybody's online. Everyone is saying how much they appreciated being outside and able to join a group in a park and enjoy the woods and the forests. Um, and they didn't really think they would miss it so much, but they do. And everyone is talking and anxious to be going back um, which we are working on at the moment. Wow, you really, you really can feel that you make a difference. Then, it's absolutely, absolutely. It, it I like love my survey. job. <laughs> it's like a survey without wanting to have one. Without wanting, yeah. it's like a survey yeah. without needing to do one. Knowing that, whoa, people really do appreciate us, and people really do need what you're doing. Yeah, I do think that things happen for a reason, and. You know, the pandemic, any positive out of the pandemic is it, it, it made people slow down and do what was absolutely necessary and not run around like crazy people with their mm-hmm. heads cut off. And it made them really appreciate um, what they had and who they were stuck at home with <laughs> and uh, uh, just what they really, really wanted to get out of their lives when they were able to go back to any kind of normalcy. 
And I think uh, in Montreal, gyms are going to be opening up. Uh, at the end, uh, yes, at the end of the month, we are planning a return to the parks for us back uh, at the end of March. Yeah, and here in the Maurice, I think they're open. Am I right? I think Mark? they have opened. Yes, yeah. yes. The the different zones are, have different rules, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we're down to an orange zone. Uh, yeah, we're, we're recording this mid mid March. Mid March, twenty twenty one. Yes, twenty twenty one exactly. Let's yeah. say if if we were if we listen to it later, later, later. Let's see. Yeah. At least we'll know. Uh, wow. So it's been really great speaking with you, Lynn. Uh, thank you for taking thank the you. time to talk about uh, your business and also what it's been like growing up in Trois-Rivières. And I, I found it really interesting what you had to say about thank bilingualism you. and uh, also how Trois-Rivières has changed. It's a unique perspective. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate I'll it. Be, I'll be very happy to see you when you come back around Trois-Rivières. Or if I go down to Montreal, I'll make sure to, to give you a ring. Absolutely, buddy. That'll be great. I really appreciated chatting with you guys today. Yeah, great. well, have, thank you again. Have a super day. Thank you both. Thank you both. Okay. Thank you both. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks this week to Lynn Vining for joining us. Mark Eshelman was the co-host, and I'm Julie Miller. If you like this podcast, Help us spread the word and tell your friends about MCQ Views and Voices. Better yet, if you have an idea for a future edition, get in touch with us through our organization's Facebook page, that's Case MCQ, or you can visit our website, www.casemcq.com. See you again soon, and thanks for listening.